In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. And he will be great, and you will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel. Since I am a virgin. And the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is a very expected story at this time of year. This very unexpected story has become deeply expected. An angel, a virgin, and a promised baby. Super familiar. We just heard it twice this morning. Nothing out of the ordinary, really. It's Christmas time. This is what we do. Even though, I mean, how many pregnant virgins do you know who had an angelic birth announcement? It's still crazy, but for us, we don't bat an eye anymore. Nothing about this story remains unexpected, really. We, we can even yawn a little as we read it for the quadrillionth time. This is actually something that cracks me up when I see paintings of this scene, especially medieval ones or ones from the Renaissance, kind of like this one from uh, Da Vinci. This is Da Vinci's uh, angel coming to Mary. Do they look excited? Do they look like they have any emotion at all? 
Not really. Their faces are kind of tiny for you. Very peaceful. Greatly troubled? Not this Mary. This Mary's got this. There's nothing really unexpected. I mean, this looks kind of ordinary maybe for a day in the Renaissance, but if you were to walk past this in a museum, take away the wings and the halo, it's going to look like any other Renaissance painting by da Vinci. You wouldn't think that there's anything angelic about this. Really, if you take away the wings and the halo, that could be a very kind of upper-class lady getting her mail delivered to her. Here's a note from your Aunt Susan. She has weak knees. She might not make it to lunch next week. There's nothing, there's nothing about this that makes me think, do not, need, do not be afraid needs to be said. The angel is just another servant, coming to let her know what's up. It's unexpected, but it's too familiar to us. An angel, a virgin, a baby. We got it, we've heard it before. This unexpected story becomes decidedly expected. So much so that I don't think we often sit with just how terrifying, how intense, how world-changing this was for a young girl in a rural region, in a tiny town, in a backwater. Which is why this time of year, I don't often go to Renaissance paintings by da Vinci. I go to a different painting. There's a, a painter from the 19th century, African-American painter named Henry Asawa Tanner. He was a son of an Episcopal priest. And later in life, as he became an artist, he, he turned his attention, his imagination, to the stories he heard his dad preach, including this story. And this is Tanner's. Not this one. This is da Vinci still. Next one. This one. This is Tanner's. Does that look like a, just a really handsome mail carrier coming to Mary? That looks I'd be freaked out if that came into my bedroom at night. There would be something to be fearful of. Think of how we all got a little flustered when that artistic monolith appeared in the Utah desert. It made news. We're all a little disturbed by it. It's probably not aliens, but there's something that's a little out of the ordinary, a little unexpected. We're a little freaked out. Now imagine if that monolith appeared in your bedroom and started talking to you by name about God. Hi. This painting helps me capture some of the otherworldliness that's going on in the story that we have just become a little too familiar with. We sing about a little too easily. Mary looks more like someone I know who's going through a hard time than she does kind of a bored, stiff, upper lady from the Renaissance. She looks like me when I'm having a hard day and I'm just kind of just crumpled. I understand this, Mary. I get that this Mary might be fearful. 
And I get why this appearance of an angel might make her greatly troubled. (laughs) To sense the unexpectedness of this story, to break away the familiarity, the way that we just kind of head nod as we hear the story, yeah, we, we know. I think that helps us hear the angel's encouragement to not be afraid spoken to Mary in a way that we might need to hear more deeply this year. Last week we heard how Zechariah and Elizabeth were thrown off at first by their unexpected intrusion of an angel. But that unexpected experience, that unexpected appearance, came with an answer that they were longing for, that they prayed forever for. Any fear of the unexpected that came their way quickly turned to joy and delight as they got to think about holding a baby boy in their elderly arms. But that's not how this unexpected story went for Mary. Life was going pretty well for her, all things considered. There was no major unanswered prayers in her life that weighed her down, that she was waiting for an answer about. Mary was betrothed to a good man. Her family was delighted, she was too. Her life was moving along as she expected it to. She'd soon be leaving her parents' house at the end of the year of betrothal. And she'd set up her own life with a hard-working carpenter a few streets over. And they would build a life together. And they'd have kids eventually and build a family. And then the unexpected derailed those plans. Her life, her future. And this moment in her life changed everything. And if we let the story stay too familiar to us, where we don't even hear it really anymore, we might trick ourselves into thinking that this this unexpected turn of events was easy for her. She was favored by God, she got this, it's okay. We can miss the fear. And we might miss where it connects with our fear. Luke takes his time drawing our attention to Mary, more so than any other gospel writer. He slows us down with detail by detail by detail. We start with God, sending Gabriel the angel to a little town, Nazareth, in a rural region of Israel in Galilee, to a young woman, a virgin, betrothed to a man named Joseph, and her name's Mary. And she had her life figured out. She knew how it was going to go until the day the angel came. Bearing news that she was going to have a baby. She was going to have God's son. His name was already picked out 
It's going to be Jesus. And this son of hers and God's will be the king that was promised. Just like David. And Luke takes us not just to this moment and to what the angel shares to her, but he, he brings us into her thoughts, into what she was thinking and feeling in this moment. Luke tells us that Mary was greatly troubled. She was greatly troubled at the angel's words. And she, she wondered what kind of greeting this would be. Mary was scared enough that, that Gabriel, in all his otherworldliness, in all of his light, his mission, speaks comforting words that parents speak to their kids in the dark of the night. Mary, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. But wouldn't you be? Shouldn't she have been? A little scared, at least, at this unexpected turn of events, this overturning of her planned life. Do you think her fear just disappeared? The unexpected happens. <laughs> not, not just to Mary, not just when angels appear, but to all of us at one time or another, the unexpected happens. When our lives are humming along, things are pretty good, everyone's doing okay, things seem pretty stable. And then in a moment, everything changes. And it could be because your boss sits you down and says that, you know, the restructuring's happening and you're really great, but we gotta let you go. And you walked into work in the morning employed and you left in the middle of the afternoon without a job. It could be that your family business gets shuttered because there's the threat of another lockdown. There's no way forward. It could be that your longtime partner, girlfriend or boyfriend, spouse, walks away and leaves you alone in a way that you hadn't been in a very long time. Or maybe you get, you get a letter from the university you really, really, really wanted to go to, and it says, we're sorry, but not you and not this year. Or the apprenticeship that you were really hoping for because it would open up doors. Or you hear back from the doctor that they want to run more tests. When the unexpected happens to us, and it does, greatly troubled strikes me as a bit of an understatement. We may not have an angel wake us up at 4 a.m. in the morning before everyone else is up, but we know what it's like to sit up late in a rumpled bed, unable to sleep, trying to grasp exactly what is going on in our life. More than a little scared, and more than a little worried, and more than a little fearful, and more than greatly troubled. 
And in those moments, we are desperate to have someone come along and hold us together and say, do not be afraid. The angel speaks these words to Mary. As she sits there on her bed, greatly troubled, overwhelmed by the fear of this unexpected thing, her world tilting, her world off kilter, her mind racing, what, what will my parents think? What will Joseph think? And how, how will this be? And like with Zechariah, Gabriel gifted him a sign of silence and awe in the face of his fear and doubt. And here, Gabriel reminds Mary of who is at work in her life. Gabriel tells her that the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Just like the Spirit has done generation after generation to all the prophets and the priests to carry out God's purpose in the world. The very Spirit of God will come on you to do what the Spirit did at the beginning of creation. To bring life out of nothing. To bring a baby out of a virgin's womb to bring life where it didn't exist before. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you, just like the power of the Most High did at Mount Sinai and in the temple where God came to show tangibly that his presence was with his people. And if you remember, if, if you need a reminder of God's faithfulness, Mary, that's not just the history of God's people Look at your cousin. Look at, look at your cousin Elizabeth. Your elderly relative who's already six months pregnant. Look at her. For remember and believe, Mary, that no word from God will ever fail. When God promises something, when he speaks his word, it will happen. Do you think her fear evaporated? Do you think it just disappeared? Do you think she stopped being greatly troubled? I don't. I don't, I don't think so. But Gabriel gave her something, gave her something else to hold on to in the midst of her fear as she faced the unexpected. Gabriel reminded her of God's promises, of God's presence with her. Not just in this moment, do not be afraid, but in the history of God's people, in this moment now, and in her unexpected future to come. Which makes her response all the more arresting, I think, as a statement of faith in the midst of her fear. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Not because her fear disappeared, 
but because she trusted in the midst of it. Luke continues a focus on Mary even throughout later in his gospel. And he's one gospel writer to share a moment where Jesus is teaching a crowd. And it's in Luke chapter 11. And a woman in the crowd stands up and she calls out to Jesus, blessed is the mother who gave you birth and the one who nursed you. Which was a common way of expressing what a good son you are. And what a blessed woman to have brought you into the world. And Jesus takes that and reframes it. And he says, Blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. And and some have taken Jesus' words here later in Luke as a diminishment of Mary, of, of his mother, of her role in his life. And I kind of wonder if it can be read instead of Jesus praising the very thing that Mary is showing us here in this story, the announcement of his birth. That in the midst of her own fear, in the midst of her life being turned upside down, Mary heard the word of God for her and trusted it and put it into practice trusting that God's word doesn't fail. One of the details of this painting is do you see that red around her? That fabric that just kind of hangs behind her? In religious paintings, whether it's an Orthodox icon or a Renaissance painting by da Vinci, or a painting by a 19th century African-American painter in the South, in the American South, red is a symbol of divinity. Red points us to God's presence. And I love that in the midst of this unexpected turn of events for Mary, this otherworldly intrusion upon the life that she had planned, God's presence surrounds her. That red fabric holds her. It's the painter's way of saying, even in this moment, even in this moment, she's not alone. Even in this moment, she is surrounded by God's presence. Even in the midst of her fear. And so may it be for us when the unexpected comes and it comes, when we are gripped by the fear of it all, may we remember and trust that God's promises do not fail. May we remember Bethlehem as a sign to us of a child born to us, a savior promised, one who was born vulnerable, like us, and human, like us, like Mary, who's ultimately our God with us. In the midst of our fears, in the face of the unexpected, do not be afraid. 
Do not be afraid. No word of God's ever fails. Thanks be to God. Amen. Please pray with me. Holy Spirit, be with us in our fear and in our joy. Be with us when we are awake and worried at 4 a.m. And be with us when we're soundly asleep because all is good. Remind us in our moments of fear that you do not fail that you are at work. We need not fear. Help us to hold on to our trust in you, in your word, in your presence. In the name of Jesus, the one who saves, we pray. Amen.